We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Nobody. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, uh-huh. I just saw Dead Air Dave outside. Good to see him. <laughs> yeah. 877-337-6666. Uh, DeMar's family released a statement thanking everybody. Very classy, very, very classy. Uh, DeMar Hamlin. And no update. Uh, there was originally going to be an 11 a.m. update from, the, I guess, the hospital spokesperson or whatnot, but there's nothing to say. Like uh, his marketing agent, I and also I guess uh, Kido's a close friend of his who does his marketing for him, did come out with the last update we've got, which is basically that heart's back beating again, uh, still intubated, um, in the hospital, and fingers are crossed, and that's, that's what you got. Yeah. They gave an update late last night that basically said there will be no updates. I know I was ferociously, a lot of us were just checking Twitter saying, we're hoping to hear good news. And, you know, we're still sitting there thinking we just want to see the good news. Yeah, this is a weird question to ask you, but, you know, last night, Donovan Mitchell had 71 points. Yeah, I'm aware. I mean, a major, major night in the NBA. By the way, did you see how they tied that game? I did, yeah. They he did missed it, the he... free throw. And he don't say the <laughs> Luke away. He did it don't the you, Luke. That's it. Don't you. That's it. Don't you do it. <laughs> I will throw this ball at you. Do not say the Luke away. So he tied the game. Yeah, how did he tie the game? The... It's, it's coming your way. Luke away. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, he missed the free throw on purpose and then somehow navigated four other bodies. Dude, it was incredible. It was unbelievable. And you know what's crazy about the free throw? I don't know if you saw the play. I did. It didn't look like he was trying to miss at all. No, it looked like he took a legitimate shot, but his plan was to miss. Other than him thinking, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to hit the back iron. Because I know the bounce off the back iron will give me a chance to charge in. Well, he got so it. he comes in, they tie the game, and I think that got him to 58. So he was still far away from where he ended up. Yeah, it wound up with 71, but it, uh, 31. But it, uh, the reason I asked you the question is, it's a weird spot for him to be in. Yeah. In that, as a pro athlete, he respects what's going on, you know, in Cincinnati last night. And as much as... It'd be nice to receive all the accolades today, which are well-deserved. You know, scoring 71, they were down 20, winning overtime. You know, just uh, one of the great individual performances in the NBA in a long, long time. 
and I'm not sure if he's allowed to like publicly enjoy no, it. No, he did, dude. Right? And he got a lot of backlash. Oh, did he? So last night was that the he, plane video? He tweeted. I don't know. It looks like a plane. I'm not positive, but it's a picture of him with all of his teammates holding up the 71, kind of like Wilt. You know how? Oh Wilt yeah, held? the white piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he tweets that picture out. New year, new me. 71 of them. Thanks. Very excited. And if you look at his mentions. <laughs> He Is he ripped. getting trolled? He got, got it. Did you see what uh, your uh, your boy uh, Lopez uh, put out? Well, I saw. I don't know if it's the same thing, so I don't want to spoil it for you. What did so he put out? Saying? So Robin Lopez put out historical night last night. Okay, yes. As Donovan Mitchell and Robin Lopez combined for 72 <laughs> points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I saw that. Last, and what was funny is, so last night. And then, night, by the way, and then Donovan responded saying, and and no wonder we both got drug tested today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I didn't know Donovan Mitchell scored 71. I was at the Nets game, and I was locked into the football game. So the yeah. two things are going on. So I get home. I'm in the car listening to the postgame show. Carino and Cap are doing it. And I listen to Kyrie's press conference. And I found out because Kyrie's like, oh, yeah, me and Don. So he says, Don. I'm like, who the hell is he talking about? Is he talking yeah. about Trump? Like, what is he talking about? Me and Don were playing Call of Duty. Yep. And now I'm thinking Kyrie Irving was playing Call of Duty with former President Donald Trump. Like, I'm convinced of this. Yep. And I'm like, this is going to be a mega story. Like, I don't know who's going to get ripped. Everybody's going to be like, this is insane. And then he said, and then Don had this great performance. And I'm like, wait a second. Now I'm confused. I didn't know he was talking about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, so he and Donovan Mitchell, yes. they played Call of Duty. And then he goes, I knew he was locked in. We were playing quads. And he was locked in during quads. And then we both had to take naps. <laughs> I'm like, you've, you, I mean, the NBA players live in some life, right? And while, meanwhile, in the press conference, he's wearing a lampshade. Right. And I'm like, as a hat. Yes, I'm aware. Okay. He also had an awesome, massive putback dunk after yeah. a Watanabe Listen, miss. You know how I feel about Kyrie Irving. That electrified the Barclays Center crowd. You know how I feel about your guy. I know. He's a top 25 He's one of the 25 time. greatest players in the history of the NBA. Not true. And we'll get to that later on. Not today, obviously. So dude, was There'll Don be a moment this summer where you and I will go over that. Was Donovan Mitchell wrong then? Wrong about what? About tweeting about his performance? No, I, listen. He had uh, an all-time night. And I think you're allowed to do what he did Without people thinking you're being disrespectful. Are you sure? Because I saw... I think What's he supposed to do? I think he's still one of our colleagues, but the great John Rothstein, who covers college basketball, yeah. was getting crap for saying, this is January. Because he's really excited about some wild college basketball last night. Yeah. And in his that's mentions... That's not why he got ripped. No, that's what I saw. He got ripped for a different tweet. Well, but he... Okay, that tweet I saw later and he deleted it. Yeah, but well, the tweet, that's the tweet he got ripped for. No, Tell people he, what he wrote. Well, hold on. Before I mean, let's be fair. John Rothstein didn't get ripped for just saying, this is January. He got ripped for a tweet he deleted. Well, okay, first of all. I mean, before, let's keep it real. Before I read the tweet. Yeah. John was initially getting ripped for just tweeting about college basketball. Okay? I don't think John realized what was going on. Because I think people so went back. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Because he's very focused on college basketball. And I know he meant nothing by it. Are you sure I should read the tweet? was completely, I have to give him this, all right, I don't know, John, but he's a good I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he was so locked into the sport he loves and you know, college hoops that he was totally unaware. He was. When he put this tweet out. Okay. And what was the tweet he put out? Warning. If you plan on watching college basketball during the 22-23 season, please consult with your nearest cardiologist. Oofah. Yeah, it was not good timing. 
Yeah, not good timing. It was not good anything. That goes down as the biggest cold take of all time in the history of tone-deaf cold but, takes. But in fairness, Chris. But obviously he didn't know. So I'm at the game last night in Brooklyn. I usually, 90% of the time, DVR Monday Night Football. Yeah. That's how I watch sure. football. And it was watch a big my- game. Okay. The only reason I didn't DVR it is because I was fortunate enough to be in a suite last night. Yeah. So we had the game on. It was not normal for me. Who's in the suite with you? My fan baseball compadres. Oh, that's right. It was your winter meetings. We had a winter right. meetings. Uh, can't wait for this year. If you want to sign up, fanbaseballnyc.com. Always taking new entries. We play baseball. Real baseball, not softball like Craig likes. Anyhow, if I'm in my normal seat DVRing the football game, I'm tweeting tone-deaf things like, Kyrie, baby, 12 in a row, what up? Like, I would have been the worst. And by the way, it would have been done innocently. If you know I DVR games, which I do. You would have had to have apologized. I would have, and I yeah. would have. Yeah, of course you would have. Right. So, but I understand those but that I are think not paying the attention. the use of coronary that was, was just a unfortunate bad word on the worst possible night to use it. Yes. And everyone knows what he meant. And look, he he deleted it. And he didn't know. Like at some point, some people get the benefit of the doubt. There's no way John would have used that had he known what happened. Right. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. And I don't know the man. Right. But I'll absolutely give him that benefit yeah, of the no, doubt. Yeah, no, he's locked in on college. Yeah. He doesn't care about anything else. Yes. Yes. So, all good. Good. Was there a great game yesterday that we missed or something? Not that I'm. I mean, there probably was, <laughs> but I didn't care. Was Xavier playing Connecticut again? <laughs> hey, Danny Hurley, stop taking uh, you know, texts up to down to. How about two minutes ago? How about Rutgers, Rutgers yesterday? Yeah, yeah. That, was oh. that what he was referring to? Yeah, because they did come back and beat Purdue, and they won with like ten seconds to go in the game. Yeah. And by uh, the way, the only reason I know that is because this morning I was just reading the news and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, look at Rutgers. Won. So Rutgers beat number one Purdue last year at the rack, and they played number one Purdue last night. And our guy, Jerry Retko, was on the call. How'd now, do? to be fair, it's not a buzzer beater. Rutgers makes a three to take the lead that ultimately wins them the game by a point. Right. With about 10 seconds left. A little more than 10 seconds left. Right. Because Purdue called the timeout with 10.5 to go. And then they had a few yeah. looks at the basket. They had a couple of shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I have the play-by-play call of the Rutgers make. Oh, I'm excited. How'd Jerry do? Well, why don't I play it? Yeah, no, fine. And then you'll decide whether or not, you know, what, how to grade this call. Okay. Um, this is my main man, Jerry Recco, who did not get us a holiday gift this year. <laughs> that may go into my scoring. Not going to lie. <laughs> and again, not a buzzer beater, but down two, this three gives Rutgers the lead and the ultimate win. Mulcahy on the wing, 18 seconds left. Mulcahy, kick it out, Spencer. Slide left, shoot the three for the lead. Yeah! With 13.3 to go, Rutgers up 65-64. Yeah. Maybe that's his stock call. I don't know. That's it? Yeah. Play it again one more time. Yeah. Mulcahy on the wing, 18 seconds left. Mulcahy, kick it out, Spencer. Slide left, shoot the three for the lead. Yeah! With 13.3 to go, Rutgers up 65-64. There you go. You didn't like it, I could tell. Yeah. You don't like it. I'm just saying, that's no, awesome. <laughs> yeah. You don't like it. I don't know if that's his signature call. Maybe it is now. Well, but does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you got to go bad bleep crazy. Yeah, but there's still 10 seconds left. So what? You got to go crazy. Yeah, but then if he goes crazy, you're killing him today for look how excited this loser like, was. I would have been all like, for three. 
Yeah! Moses! Do you guys have the final call of Purdue yeah! in their last two shots? Uh, I, I've not seen that anywhere. Uh, I only saw that. I did not Four see tenths the final to go. Miss. Rutgers by one. The lob. It'll be knocked away. And that's it. Final second off the clock. And for the second time in two years, Rutgers has beaten the number one team in the country. Yeah! Yeah! He's not that excited. I, uh, just Jerry. That's Jerry being excited. He's very excited. Yeah! Yeah. Like it's, a, it's a good call, but he's I'm not that excited. You, the more I hear the yeah, the more I kind of start to yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. So congratulations <laughs> to Rutgers and Steve Peichel and my main man, Jerry Recco, the now longtime voice I got on the job of <laughs> Rutgers basketball. Nice. <laughs> nice Great job. win for them. Yeah, big win for them. Look at that. Beating Purdue two years in a row. Here's uh, Johnny in Shelton, Connecticut. Johnny, what's going on, buddy? Uh Good Happy New Year, gentlemen. A uh, couple of things. Thing number one, uh, thank you guys for being a rational, calm voice. Uh, seems like everybody's trying to find somebody to be mad at in the media or mad at the NFL or mad at somebody. Uh, the right decisions seem to be made eventually. Um, so, so thank you guys for once again being the rational voice that you consistently model. Well, of course. And then two, uh, just a quick comment on the on the Rothstein thing. I'm a big follower of Rothstein. I listen to his podcast, all that. That's one of his like catchphrases: "Is consult your nearest cardiologist." He tweets it once Got a day. It. Um, so the timing was just poor on that. Yeah, and I then, mean, listen again. I don't know him. I know who he is, and there's no way he would have put that out if he knew what was going yeah. on. So it's, there, there are times when you have to allow guys to go. My bad. Delete it. And mean nothing but negative we, by it. We all know, and I'm glad you said that John is a follower of his, that that's what he does. But the thing I was also noticing, and it's not just John, yeah. was the Twitter police last night basically saying, you can't tweet about anything right now. And no. I noticed that, not just with John, but with everybody else, where if you're not tweeting about that horror, and it was horrible, we all know that, then yep. shut your Twitter down. And what I'm asking, because I don't know, I'm not the Twitter police. Yeah. Is that the rules we should follow? Like, should we just shut it down and not comment on anything else? I think you do what you want, recognizing that you might say something that's going to, you know, get uh, the Twitter trolls up because, in arms. Because, Craig, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, I'm not kidding, who's a great dude on Twitter, was getting tons of crap. I mean, I saw it happen with Skip Bayless, you know, Donovan Mitchell... You know, uh, the Skip Bayless thing is a little different. Yes, it is. Because it is. he was commenting on what happened, and people were very bothered by what he said. Also, what I'm asking is Donovan Mitchell's talking about scoring 71, and the response is, hey, you're tone deaf. Who cares about that? Don't tweet about that. Look what happened yeah, I don't, in I don't, I don't think that criticism is fair, personally. I don't. And then here's what I have to say for scheduling. Like, let, me ask you, let me ask you a quick question. If somebody uh, last night, uh, it was their birthday. And they were like, you know, well, thank you, everybody, for the birthday wishes. Today was a great day for me and my family. You know, can't wait for another trip around the sun, whatever. Man. Are they going to get trolled because, hey, you can't do that? Yes. See, but that's my point. This, uh, we get to some levels of, you know, I'm allowed to also have my life, right? I understand that. So, I mean, that's why Twitter's a bad place a lot of times. No, that's why my advice I would give is log off Twitter and don't tweet anything. On a night like that, don't bother. Well, Just and, go away. And, and to be fair, that's the flip side. Why do you have to treat something about yourself? Well, not uh, even fair about enough. yourself. I'm saying something in general. Yeah. Like last night, if you were up, okay, at 11:30 at night, yeah, and you wanted to talk about Clay Thompson dropping 57, whatever he did, 54, yeah, 54. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. Just saying, I haven't enough. <laughs> Can you tweet about it? 
No. Oh, you can't, you cannot tweet about. I that. mean, how about the way Golden State won? But that's my point. Yeah, I'm. Not, I didn't tweet about the Nets. Right. I said I'm not touching this. Not worth it. But there was this police feeling of don't tweet about anything. And I'm just asking, especially in the case of Mitchell, who accomplished something. Forget me and you. We're just guys commenting on things. Donovan Mitchell had one of the all-time great performances last night, and he took crap on Twitter for tweeting about it. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I think he should be allowed to tweet. What else you got, John? All right, so finally, here is my my proposed solution to the scheduling, and you can feel free to tell me I'm I'm tone deaf, I'm an idiot, but uh, this idea I came up with yesterday. Let me ask you a question. Can I pick one of the two? Or does it have to be together? Like you're tone deaf and an idiot? <laughs> or can you just be tone deaf or just be an idiot? I'll let you make that decision. All right, thank you for that. Now go ahead. So I, I, I thought about this, and I said that the same distance from Sunday to Wednesday as is from Thursday, or from, excuse me, from Wednesday to Sunday as is from Sunday to Thursday. So I thought it was reasonable that the NFL could say, all right, 48 hours, we're going to come back, we're going to play the game on Wednesday night, we're going to finish the game on Wednesday night. And here's the thing. If, if maybe, let's say the Bills... So, wait, what were my choices again? Uh, stupid and what? Tone, tone deaf. deaf. Yeah, I'm going to go with both of those. No, listen, you can't play the game on Wednesday because now you're talking about competitive balance and guys getting hurt or being rested for then a Sunday game. It's also the last week of the year now. One of the things that Evan brought up earlier, which is a fair thing to bring up, and a lot of people are discussing it now, is if the Bills-Bengals game is important for the number one seed or a division title, which in theory could still be in play between Cincinnati and Baltimore, I suppose, and seeding and all that stuff. Yeah, Baltimore wins. Yeah, then you would have to allow them to play. The following week, you push all the playoffs back, and you basically eat up the bye week prior to the Super Bowl. And that way, even Steven for everybody. Yeah, one idea, and it was somebody who works here, somebody on the South staff mentioned it to me, and it makes a lot of sense, is that you could actually start the NFC playoffs a week early or the week it's supposed to start. Want to rotate them? Well, for two weeks. So you start the NFC playoffs when it's supposed to start. You play the Cincinnati-Buffalo game because you need to play the game all on that weekend, so part of it. Then the following weekend, you play the AFC playoffs. NFC playoffs are off, and then everybody's up to date, ready to go a week after. But you're right, it still eats up the off day between the championship game and the Super Bowl, which we've seen the NFL do before. Yeah, they've done it before. Listen, the bottom line is this. If the game has to be played... There will not be an off week before the Super Bowl, and that's that. Listen, they can they can make it up. These scheduling things, I'm not saying it's simple. I understand that there are other events planned at these stadiums, so it's not as simple as, I'll just move it back a week. Right. But they can figure out a way. Yeah. And I think what they're doing right now makes a lot of sense. Let's play week 18, and let's wake up, or really Sunday night, evaluate. Okay, is this game needed? Yeah. There's a good chance the game is needed. I acknowledge that. But let's just see. Maybe it's not needed. Maybe the way things break over the weekend, you can say, ah, you know what? The two seats, not a big deal. We'll just go tiebreaker and call it a day. Well, look, remember, if you're the two seed or the three seed, you're playing your first playoff game at home. Right. Uh, you, in theory, could play your next playoff game at home, and then you'd play the championship game theoretically on the road if the one seed wins their first playoff game in the second round. Right. So... You're not talking, you're talking about if you're the two seed, you would get that second home playoff game. If you're the three seed, in theory, 
you'd have to go to the two seed in that second round, right? Right, right. right. So you're talking about a, a uh, one-game difference, home and away, and of course it changes your opponent and all that. But look, you're in the playoffs. Everybody you play it can beat you, and you can beat everybody you play. So, you. you know, we sometimes try to get a little tricky when, like, we I, do, like we're doing right now, like the Dallas Cowboys. We talked about it yesterday. Right. Is it better for the Dallas Cowboys to stay at five and play Tampa in Tampa, or is there value to them if they were able to go to number one outside of the obvious buy? As far as opponent goes, right? Right, right. And you can make an argument this way, that way, update, that. No, they'd rather be five than two is my whole point. Five than two, not one. Yeah, not one, because one is obviously the, you know, it's great, it's a lottery ticket. But I would argue, I still would, that the Cowboys are better off being a five seed than a two seed. But I think we have to let this weekend play out. If the Baltimore Ravens beat the Bengals this weekend. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Bengals. That means they're a half game out. They're going to have to play the game. Yes. The Bengals are going to have to play the game unless you don't care about the divisions. And I think when determining, okay, is this fair? Can we do this? You're probably balancing the one seed in the division as a priority. Okay, let's find a way to get this game in before the playoffs actually start. But the NFL can figure that out next week. Yes. One thing we should all agree on is this week, they're not playing a game. I mean, in terms of today or tomorrow, obviously right. on Sunday. You're Saturday and Sunday is on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, you're not having the Bills and Bengals play today or tomorrow. It's not an option. Nor should you, nor would they. Right. And the NFL uh, could never make them play. So, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a moot point. The only question is going to be based on what Kansas City does against the Raiders, what the Bills do against New England, what Cincinnati does against Baltimore – does the game have to be played? Right. And we're going to have that answer by about 7.30 on Sunday night. Well, no. Like, you know the Kansas City outcome Saturday. So that'll take care of one piece of it, right? And then we'll go from there. You know, and then all the uh, yellers and screamers on TV and pundits can decide whether or not it's an unfair advantage to this team or that team or who it benefits and all that nonsensical crap. That's got nothing to do with the fact that there's an unconscious man in the hospital right now who's literally fighting for his life. Craig, a lot of things happen in sports, especially over the last few years, that aren't quote-unquote fair because of things we can't control. Like, we had a pandemic, tried to play sports, and it wasn't the quote-unquote fairest thing in the world to put teams in a bubble. With no fans. Right. But we did it. Figured and we out. crowned a champion. And we figured it out. Or the NFL playoffs two years ago when some stadiums had fans and other stadiums did not have fans. Right. Like, that existed. And, yeah, in an ideal world, are we in that situation? No. In an ideal world, there isn't a pandemic. In an ideal world, we didn't see what we saw last night. No. But sometimes you just got to figure it out as you go along. Yeah. And I, I, I think uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman... And Lisa Salters did a good job. I thought, yeah, they, did okay. a, I thought they did a good job under a very unique circumstances. It's a very, I mean, it's impossible. It's impossible circumstances. At first, for the first five minutes, ten minutes, they were constantly going to commercial. Well, yeah. Part of because once they saw CPR, they knew. Absolutely. They didn't they want knew. to show and it. And my to gut audience. is that they have a camera view that they never showed where they're able to really see what's going on. No doubt, but I think what people did as this was happening... Because then they have, they have the camera on the cable. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now, they may have backed that camera off respectfully, but I am there's no doubt that they have video of and, what's going on. And they're right for not showing it, but we all did the same thing as they kept going to commercial breaks. We took our phones out, and we checked Twitter to furiously find out what's going on. Yeah, I did. Because if you're watching, you didn't? I did not. What'd you do? Went to bed. Oh, okay.
I'm just saying, like, I didn't. That doesn't did you, make me special. Lugie, what did I you went do? to bed. What did you do, Lugie? I know what he did. He had uh, some foie gras, had his wife uh, you know? open up a couple snails for him with a perfectly drawn garlic butter sauce and said, oh, oh, oh I'll survive. A little white wine with that? Yeah. yeah, see, I know how you are. How'd you know? Because like, yeah, I, know, I know what you do. You know my type? I know type? what you do. Yeah. yeah. Were you watching a live Big Mac or no? Yes. You were? Yep. Uh, and did you stay with it the entire way until they said, "All right, let's go to Scott Van Pelt"? Uh, no, I, then I was I was kind of watching it on CNN too because they had they had like a oh, did they go on. into is that oh, yeah, Sanjay CNN Gupta? Yes, yeah, CNN went to it. Fox News went to it. I was checking the news channels in between, so I, I was on Twitter as well. But when they would go to break, I would go to CNN and Fox because news. it uh, you know you have to go back to um, 1971. All right, a guy named Chuck Hughes. He died on the field. Yes, yeah. and I listen. I don't remember this. I, I'm, I googled it this morning. Uh, Chuck Hughes was the only NFL player, and to this day, thank God, is still the only NFL player. 102 years of NFL football, obviously different leagues and names, all that. Uh, is the only guy to die on the field of play. He had a heart attack, collapsed on the field, and died instantly on the field. It had nothing at all to do with football. Right. He apparently had a um, a uh, uh, a blood clot that had dislodged in the artery leading to his heart, and it was a massive you know, yeah they call it the widowmaker I think right a massive catastrophic heart attack on the field D D O A mm. and that's 1971 yep. you know when they weren't protected like some players are protected you know rules wise equipment wise all that and it had nothing to do with the hit. Dick Butkus was actually on the field for that game yeah, no. and talked about it uh, in an interview that you can find on Google. And, so, the game, and the game continued, by the way. The game continued, yes. Think about that. The game. He was 28 years old. The game continued. That's why I said this earlier. Some things have changed in the world where you say, oh, that's terrible. And then a lot of things have changed where you say, thank God. Like, that game should not continue. Yeah. Now, I remember when I was at Syracuse, I remember the uh, the Hank Gathers, mm. uh, you know, sad passing um, in college. Uh, Laola Marymount out in California. He uh, passed away in during a game, collapsed on the court. Reggie Lewis did, but that wasn't an NBA game. It was a right. pickup game, if I remember right. correctly, right, right, right. at a gym in Boston, right? And I don't know that it's happened in other sports either. Well, you aren't you an expert on the Ray Chapman, Carl May situation? I was in the documentary. From 100 years ago? Yeah, it's the uh, the Yankees and the Indians, as they were called back then. And, uh, yeah, that is, uh, he died on, I don't know if he died on he the field. He did not die on the field. Carl Mays was a pitcher, yeah. and he hit Ray Chapman in the head. Now, this is before helmets. Yes. Which, you think about that, and you're like, oh, my God. And so he, he, got, he got hit, and I think a day later, unfortunately, he passed away. Yes. Yeah, there's a documentary that was just done that I happened to be a part Why of. Why were you in it? What happened? Why were you in it? Because they, they were trying to bill it as this old-school Yankee-Cleveland rivalry that I said doesn't exist. So I'm not in it a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. You claim Babe Ruth didn't exist, also. yet you're commenting on 1920 baseball. Yeah, I told them you're out, you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, we want your take on it. You know, and Steinbrenner being a Cleveland guy and the Yankees and the rivalry. And, you know, I had to research the thing because I didn't know about right, it. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because you and, worked in both cities? And I worked in both Is cities. That, that was the angle to I'm not sure if he was aware of that either. <laughs> I may have brought that up. I'm in, I'm in like one clip. Towards the very end of the documentary. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yes, I'm in that. Uh, NHL, the only thing I can remember in the NHL, now I could be wrong, maybe someone did, 
was uh, Clint Malarchuk, the Buffalo Sabres goalie, took a skate to the jugular in like a scrum in front of the net, and a Sabre trainer saw it and literally Evan ran out on the ice, and as his heart beat, you saw the blood go pop pump like shooting out of his neck. There was a, and a trainer saved Clint Malarchuk's life. There was a guy named Bill Masterson who played in the 60s who suffered injuries during a hockey game and died a day later. So it has happened. So it has happened. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God it didn't happen last night. But that's why it's transcended just a football game because we were witnessing something that we've never seen before. Right. You know, and that's why it's so unique. And, yeah, the NFL is king. You know, what do you think? 18 million people watching last night's game? It's not going to be the most highly rated game or was it wasn't going to be if they played four quarters, but it was going to be up there. I mean, a Monday night game with fifteen those to twenty million, right? Yeah, I think so. I would think, and I want to say this. You know, I, I've had a beef, you know, fun beef back and forth this season uh, with Cincinnati Bengal fans. I got to tell you, the the people that were at that game, you talk about class. Yeah, they not a soul left that building. They gave the Bills like a standing ovation as they left the field into their tunnel, and several of them, hundreds of them went to the hospital and had a candlelight vigil, as you've seen, outside the hospital. And I just thought the fan base of Cincinnati handled themselves with such great class last no night. No question. Uh, that they should be acknowledged for that. It was it was what you want fans when, to be like in a moment they, like that. And maybe this is how jaded I am. I apologize. When they announced that the game had been postponed after delaying it for a while, I was almost expecting fans like to booze. just boo yeah. and hiss and say, what are we doing? And it was... A good reminder that most humans are good because there was not a boo to be heard. It no. was people getting up somberly and walking out of that building. Yeah, I wonder if you, like, depending on where you were sitting, you, know, you might have had a view of exactly what was going on if you're high enough, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're sidelined, no way. Right. You would have seen a much closer view of players crying. But I bet you there are some people in the upper decks that probably had a bird's eye view and, and they knew, no, this is beyond anything I've ever seen before. We ain't booing nobody. Right. So I just thought the Cincinnati fans did a pretty good job last night. And I thought across the board, I thought the NFL, the obviously the EMTs, I mean, everything went the way it's supposed to go when you've got a life-threatening situation. You know, it's interesting. You know, youth sports uh, in the state of New York by law, if you run a youth sports program, you have to have a defibrillator on the sideline of every game. Because yeah. I remember when we ran uh, TTS – which was a Tribeca Travel Sports years ago, we had to buy two defibrillators and because we had two teams. And the coach for each team had to bring it with them to the game. Could save a life, of and course. A, be instructed on how to use it. B, also have a CPR light, uh, training, which we yeah. all had to do. But those AED, they're called AEDs, defibrillators, what's amazing about them, when we went through the training on it, is when you open it up and you hit the button, that you're about to use it. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen and, and practiced on. It tells you what to do. Oh, really? Like, you don't have to remember training or a class. It's uh, a voice code, automated voice says, okay, push this button, oh, uh, pull and, this out. And think about it. In the moment, even if you were trained, your brain yeah. is all over the place. So you probably need something I like wish that. I could demonstrate it for you. I can't, obviously. I'm not sitting in front of one. But it's awesome. Like, it's dummy-proof. If, God forbid, somebody needed to be charged to get their heart going again. And it's mandated. If New York, you have to have it. Could save a life. And last night it did. Sure. It's... 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Carton and Roberts on the fan. WFAN, WFAN-FM, and WFAN.com. Carton and Roberto. Carton and Roberts on the fan. 877-337-6666. That is the number. There's no update uh, for a good three hours now. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm not going to read into it, and we're not going to speculate, but that's where we're at right now. Apparently, the uh, DeMar Hamlin jersey is a huge seller on Fanatics. I can see that. And yeah. they are donating 100% of the proceeds uh, to the charity that he and his mom are connected to. And that charity, which had a GoFundMe goal of, what was it, $25,000? No, $2,500. $2,500. Now, to be fair... It was back in 2020. Right. So I'm not sure if they've been raising money still right. as his career started to blossom, probably. So, but it, uh, they went from 2,500 bucks to four million was last check. Yeah. And if Fanatics makes that donation, that number could be absurd. That number could be like 10 million dollars. Well, like it's it's a way of showing your support, obviously. And uh, now that Fanatics announced that 100 percent of the proceeds will go to that charity. It's a way to also uh, raise money for the charity. Look, I when you sit there and right last now, pardon night, me, I apologize. I apologize. Yeah. Right now, the boy, I tell you, the Bills Mafia—they are awesome. The is it Demar Demar? I want to make sure I pronounce it right. Demar, right? Demar. Hamlin, Demar Hamlin's Buffalo Bills number three jersey for women is the number one selling jersey for women. In the country right now. Yeah. How about that? I could see that because I think that as a human, you watch last night and you want to do something. And tweeting thoughts and prayers is nice, but it really, you know, what does that do? Yeah. You want to do something. And the something that jumps out at you is, I'll donate to his charity. Yeah. To show, yeah. to do some, something. Because we're helpless. You know, as people just watching, what the heck can we do other than that? And you know what? You know, the Bills fan base has, no, in a good way, notoriously supported the charities of other teams' players. Well, Cincinnati Bengals. Right. Andy so, Dalton. Right. <laughs> Andy Dalton helped get them into the playoffs, right. if I remember correctly, right? Yes, yes. So now it's going the other way. Right. Everybody else is now helping them out, yep. which is really great. Really great. So you're gonna and by the way, I would say this: 
you know, when you raise money, uh, you know, for charity, it's got to go to that charity. But knock on wood, this kid gets up and has a good life. If he can never play football again, I think we'd all be okay if that money went to his family. Yeah, too. because you mentioned this earlier. When you look at the salary that he's made in the NFL, it's not a lot. He's made a couple million bucks. He's not going to be able to play football in all likelihood ever again. And so, yeah, this is not someone who's made millions of dollars yeah. where he could just live off that. Like, I would think we'd all be okay with that, 100%. right? 100%. Yeah, I think so, too. Here is uh, Mark in Jersey on the fan. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. Uh, big fan. Happy New Year. Thank you, um, you too. I got a couple statements and um, a couple questions that I'd really like to have your you know opinion on to see if I have any like validity. All right. So I saw um, a YouTube clip last night of a doctor talking about the, you know, the force to the chest, which... I'm familiar with because I play a sport where there's always chest plates. I used to play lacrosse. Yeah. And chest plates were part of, you know, goalies, defense, sure. offensive guys, all of it. And my statement is is that with all the focus on head injuries and, and concussion, which is obviously valid, no one says anything about the fact that the pads that the, the players wear in their certain positions have been stripped down. When I played ball, like the pads would come down, you know, to your chest and it would yeah. come down the middle. A lot of defensive backs or quarterbacks or whatever, they wear practically nothing, you know, up top, let alone whatever pads they take away from their, 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 yeah, um, their I, I, I hear you. I, like I hear you saying, and I respect it. I think last night's a fluke. Last night's a one sure. in a gazillion uh, situation uh, that resulted in, you know, the cardiac arrest. And while you may be dead on right, and the only thing I can compare it to is I know what, what my son wears to be a running back and or a quarterback, and it's not a lot. So right. I do agree with that. Yeah, it's, But I think last night is not a result of an equipment failure. No. I, I think I, it's a one in a billion, you know, sad head, you know, thing. Head injuries are common, unfortunately, in the NFL. Concussions are common, unfortunately, in the NFL. So those are the things when you see something happen over and over again, you say, okay, how do we get better? How do we protect players more? A situation like this, like you said, it's lightning. It's just, yeah, it's such a rarity. Yeah, and so this is not an equipment issue. This is not a fundamental flaw of the sport. This is a fluke, and unfortunately, you know, it could have cost somebody his life. Right. But that's what it is. It's nothing more, it's nothing not less. A, it's not a flaw in the sport, but it's a reminder that it's a violent sport. And even sure. if that may not be related to what exactly happened last night, it's why when something like that happens, you think to yourself, "Oh my God, how would I feel?" How would you feel? You yeah. have experience with it. Of your kid playing this sport. Listen, we scary as you hell. Know, if you're a parent of a kid that plays tackle football, and maybe to a lesser extent lacrosse, because you know there's a lot of hitting in lacrosse, it's not tackling, right? You know, every time you get into the stands and sit down, especially if your son or if your daughter's playing, I suppose, uh, goes on the field, especially if they're in a position, you know, that you know, requires them to be tackled. Or to tackle somebody else, you know, there's a small little part of you that breathes a big sigh of relief when uh, the clock goes to quadruple zeros, and your son or, or daughter's okay. Yeah, I mean that's real. I, you know, like and I know, like my son's gonna play college football. Right. He was going on a recruiting trip on Friday, and there's gonna come a point where I'm gonna be in the stands, helpless, and my fingers are gonna be crossed that okay, we got through another game. We got through another game. Scary. And, you know, that's why one of the things I thought of last night, and I thought, it to be fair, I thought of it a lot more this morning, you know, driving into the city, was his mom, his dad, his family. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they live it. 
And that's real. Like, you and, ask and any you family can't do of anything a guy to play. And you can't do anything about it? Yeah. And I'll give you a horrendous, horrendous example. If you remember Jerry Maguire, you know, when Rod Tidwell gets hurt, his family's watching the game. That's real. That's tangible. Yeah. That's the best example I can give you if you've never lived it, if you know the movie. Uh, and I can only imagine what his mom, who I know is there, I think his dad was there too. I can't, I'm not 100% of that, but I believe his dad was at the hospital. So however they got him there, they got him there. But I just can't imagine what that woman and, you know, his siblings, everyone else went through. Scary as hell. Because it's it's helpless. Yeah, you can't do anything about it. You know, it's it's a total uh, helpless feeling. You, you're always there for your kid. You always protect your kid. And now your kid's an adult, but they're still your baby. They're yeah. still your kid. And you can't do anything to help them. I, I, I'm probably not going to have this issue because of my athletic DNA. You never know. I would not Spence want Spence my... might be a rock star <laughs> on the field. Well, they may be in other sports. I wouldn't want my kids playing football. I'm telling you right. Because I remember would you as a not, kid, Would you not let them? I don't, I don't know. I do know this. When I was a kid, my mom used to say, you can't play football. And I would laugh and say, don't worry. <laughs> I say, not on the table. You got nothing to worry about. Right. I'll try to play baseball, but there ain't going to be any of that. Yeah. I don't know. I guess as, as the kids get older, By the way, you're not alone in that. You're not, al- you're not alone in that at all. I'm just saying right now, and my kids are far away from that six and two, but no, I'd be scared half to death, man. Well, the good news is I know where you live, and the local high school does not have that good a team. <laughs> so it's almost like they're playing flag over there anyway. So you're, but you're you know set. what? By the time my kids get to high school, it might be flag. It is not crazy to think that that's what it is. I, I listen. I'm not going to be naive to think one day that it's going to change dramatically, but your kids will have the opportunity if they want to. And but if Craig, you and your wife let it, them hasn't to already, play tackle football. Hasn't it already changed? Yeah, but not not to that level. Doesn't matter. You're change, still get hit. Craig, change like that doesn't happen overnight. No, I know. It's not a wake up and it's that. It's a slow change. Yeah, I, I don't think in our lifetime we're going to see NFL football without tackling. I don't believe we're going to see that. Maybe not without tackling, but I think it's going to be an unrecognizable game. And I think at the high school level, it may be without tackling. I'm starting there. I can absolutely see that in the next 20 years. But change like that doesn't happen poof. It happens slowly. Yeah. Well, listen, if you look 25 years ago to today, just the way quarterbacks are protected, the way you you can't touch receivers the way you used to. It's the same thing, yeah. You know, now we see it as the same sport. Because it's been a slow evolution. Bingo. Um, so if you told me 25 more years from now, the sport's got even more drastic changes from today. Well, but over the course of 25 years, it won't feel drastic. Here's what you got to do. That's Put what you're getting at. in a frozen little time machine where you freeze yourself. Yeah, I would like to do that like Walt Disney. It's 1989. You're watching football. Yeah. Now you're frozen and you're Can wake we pick up. a different year? Okay, what year you want to pick? Uh, just any year but 89. Which one with 89? Not my, I don't like the NFL year of 89. The earthquake? No. In baseball? I, I just, no, I wasn't even thinking that. Oh, okay. 89, not the greatest year for the NFL. You know, just, you know. But if you can pick the another Niners year. won the Super Bowl. What's yeah, the yeah, you know. <laughs> Is you know, that the problem? You know. Yeah. All right, 1986, the year yeah. the Giants won Fantastic the Super Bowl. Fantastic year of football. Go ahead. 86, 87. Yeah. You go to sleep for 40 years and you wake up. Yeah. Is the sport recognizable? Now, have I aged no. or am I still young Craig? Same young Craig. All right, great. Yes, it's recognizable. You go for No, it's not. Sure it is. No, it's not. It's different, but it's recognizable. Dude, it's very different. Yes. It's very different. I'd be like, how is that possibly roughing the pass? Yes. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's a defensive hold? What? I mean, we say it now anyway. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> as long as I don't age in those 40 years, I'm good. I'd be good. How does that freezing thing work? Would you age? No, you don't age. So you stay the exact same it's age? It's like when you put a piece of chicken in the freezer. It's good forever. I don't think it works that way. Sure it is. Have you well, tried? I mean, not forever, what? but a long time. I mean, I had a piece of two-year-old chicken just yesterday. Two-year-old chicken? Yeah, I just turned in the freezer. Right before it goes bad, a.k.a. right before we, right? Yeah. You freeze them. Ah. You're frozen. Oh, you freeze the whole chicken? No, I didn't take <laughs> one of my chickens. And, uh, no, yeah, like a chicken breast. Yeah, you didn't just stick them in a freezer, did you? That's... No, no, like a chicken breast, a chicken thigh. Right. I didn't take my living chickens and throw them in the freezer, but it's not a bad idea. That would be cruel and unusual. Yeah, that wouldn't Why? Be chickens can survive sub-zero uh, temperatures. For how long? We're going to find not, out. Not two years. <laughs> I without mean, without food in the freezer? No, nah, I put a heat lamp in the coop. I got bougie chickens. Look at you. Yeah, I felt bad for him the other day when it was like two below. Remember it was last cold, week? Yeah. I was like, all right, I'll go to the tractor supply store. I'll get him a heat I'm lamp. I'm proud of you because you weren't doing that last year, or you weren't planning on. Doing I didn't that have this them year. last year. Yeah, it was. You weren't planning on doing that this year. No, I figured survival of the if, fittest. If you froze yourself right now and you get to wake up at the same age of 58 years old, which you are right now, looking <laughs> the same point. exact way. Yeah, but I have not aged. That's Sure. But you've got to determine right now the year you're waking up. You're telling somebody this is the year. Yeah. What year are you waking up? Um, I got to think from a kid perspective. I'd like to be able to see my children and my grandkids. Not sure. I'm blessed to have them. But you can only do it once. So once you wake up, that's it. I would say mm, 15 years. 15 years? Yeah. 15 years. Huh. Because then uh, Anthony's in his mid-20s. The other kids are in their 30s. I got plenty of time to enjoy them. It's all about the kids. That's got to be the focus. That's the reason why I wouldn't accept the freezing. I don't want to miss a moment. You're not missing much. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, Jet, look, you made another macaroni necklace. Daddy's so proud of you. Yes. Hey, Spence, can you make a macaroni necklace? Meanwhile, you went to visit your kid's school. You didn't leave him a note, so you don't care. I made a mistake, but I watched Spence play with wrestling figures the other day. I was so proud. Were you happy? When he had Andre the Giant beating up on Rey Mysterio, it was amazing. I'm happy for you. Thank you, pal. It's the small things in life. Oh, it was great. It's the little things in life that get you through. 877-337-6666. Feels like maybe he wants to take a quick little break. We have SNY coming up in a few minutes. I promise to get all your calls. Uh, and if there's any update at all, we will bring it to you. Regarding Damar Hamlin, who collapsed on the field last night after making a hit on T. Higgins at midfield, stood up, and then collapsed back down. And if not for the very quick-acting uh, EMTs and doctors and medicals and trainers on the sideline on both sides, uh, who then performed CPR. And by the way, I have confirmed this, Evan. Mm -hmm. The uh, ESPN broadcast crew of Joe Buck and Trey Aikman were able to see the CPR being delivered. Oh, they did? Yes. Well, they reported it on the broadcast. They said he was yeah. getting CPR. So they made an executive decision, I believe the right one, not to show it. So they were watching, as they described it, feverish CPR taking place from their vantage point, you know, way up in the broadcast booth. Mm -hmm. So they, they it's also on camera, uh, but they were able to see it. And then they made an executive decision as a network. No, that's the right one. We're not one. showing it. Like, I know that there's sometimes debates, you've certainly had it, about showing gruesome leg injuries. I think, yeah. Or showing gr just gruesome injuries. That, it's different. Like, I'm not saying that like, that's I, okay, but that's different. I had no problem with them different. replaying the play last night, because the play itself last night, there's nothing, you know, 
squeamish or gruesome about it. Yeah, but him collapsing sort of is. Well, it's only like, be only after the fact well, when now you know they're doing CPR and he's got a cardiac problem. But do you remember the Ryan Shazier play? Uh, vaguely. So Same field, though. What I rem- It was. It was in Cincinnati. What yeah. I remember about the Ryan Shazier play was not the play. was him laying there, and it was haunting. Because he was laying there, could not move his body, and was making hand signals as if, I need help. Out of trouble. And when you see that video, it is a haunting video. So yeah. Sometimes it's not necessarily that's fair. That's fair. the hit, but it's the reaction that just stays with you. No, that's fair. I I, th- I just thought they did a good job. I do. And listen, you know, we all compete with each other at different levels, and I think it's okay to acknowledge when a competing network does a really good job at something. And I just thought they did a really good job yesterday. Uh, and they're professionals. Like you expect them to do a really good job, and they did. Uh, 877-337-6666. Carton and Roberts on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.